Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we have a special guest, somebody that's just crushing in all areas of life and somebody that you can definitely learn a lot from. I look up to this gentleman. He's over in the Albuquerque, New Mexico area. He's actually taught real estate alongside with Cole Hatter and Ty Lopez. A huge amount of wealth and knowledge behind the wealth. And he's been doing it for, what, 25 years now? About that, just shy of 25 years. Awesome. I love it. So we're going to dive into kind of the whole aspect of realizing, you know, to build the generational wealth. A lot of people out there believe that they, they want that overnight success. They see so many other people out there like Kardashians or whatever. I don't know what people are looking up to these days, but they get really excited and they think all this stuff is like overnight. But we're going to talk about how you've done it and how slowly but surely you've actually developed this and and built these systems behind everything to get to your success at this point and give people the key steps that they need to actually take to be able to do that. But before we dive into that, do you mind just diving into your story a little bit? I know you started off with MLM and how you kind of got just naturally pushed into real estate investing. I think it's an awesome story. Sure. So I was doing the traditional route, Brandon, going to school. I was in pharmacy school and one summer was frustrated, landed up answering an advertisement in the newspaper and landed up uh, seeing a direct sales company and was selling water filters at a time when um, there was no bottled water on the shelves back in the early 90s, <laughs> except for distilled water and Evian. If you remember those days, anybody out there. And so, you know, we built direct sales instead of out of Denny's restaurants and out of hotel rooms, we were building them out of offices. And where I got a little bit of real estate knowledge was I was broke in network marketing because I didn't know how to run the business in early stages, but I would sign leases on offices all over the country. And so one of the things that we would do is we would rent desks in our offices and I landed up making a living renting desk space in our offices and we'd get desks and I'd pick up desks from Walmart and we'd build them and I'd sell a full desk for $500 a month. You can come in and build your company and your direct sales company out of our office or half a desk for $250. So I knew what my base rent was and I knew if I filled enough desks, I could pay my rent for the office and I could have a little extra for food. And there was times I slept in my office and didn't even have a place to live. About <laughs> two and a half years into that and going about $100,000 in debt in the, in the early 90s felt like about a million dollars probably in today's day and age. And um, I really didn't know how I was going to get out of debt. And I finally, after two and a half years, started figuring out the business, started making six figures, became one of the top money earners in the company and a trainer for the company. And um, we landed up, the the direct sales industry went through a ton of um, regulations in the uh, mid 90s. And so the FTC landed up coming in and uh, shutting us down and uh, we were broke. Um, We went from making, you know, $15,000, $20,000 a month to zero overnight. Mm. And so we were put in a position where we were scrambling, um, Brandon. And so um, we landed up jumping from network marketing company to network marketing company, uh, pulling our groups. And, and, you know, I had over 300 active distributors at the time. And I'll tell you that it was temperature taking and we landed up putting together just some small sales companies. And in the interim time, I accidentally got into construction. I was doing some construction 
in doing drywall metal stud frame when I was in college. And I didn't realize that there was money in construction. And I kind of dibble dabbled in concrete for a short time during this interim period. And uh, 25 years later, we're still doing, we're still pouring concrete today. And from the construction trade, um, I landed up getting into real estate uh, on accident, you know. So for those of you guys who are watching this, maybe you're a physician, maybe you're a dentist, maybe you're in construction, maybe you own a plumbing company, maybe, you know, you own a cleaning company, whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe you're working a job right now and you're doing well in your job or um, you're looking at this and just wanting to figure out a way how you can get started in real estate or business in general. And I'll kind of share with you as we move forward through this, Brandon, how I took just a small opportunity that I didn't even know at the time was an opportunity and developed and compounded into just a crazy mess of real estate and business over the years and, and where we are today. So just to clarify, when you say leasing some of these offices and then and renting out some of the desks, are, are you talking about, you know, you were renting these units or did you actually purchase and you were? No. So back then I was, I was probably 20, two years old, old at the time back then. And so I didn't have money to buy any properties. I mean, we'd go into bank buildings, nice ones, yeah. um, or we'd go into strip malls, retail centers, um, nicest, nice ones, office complexes, you know, yeah. medical complexes that you see. And uh, we try to find places um, that were, that, ha that were starving a little bit. And so yes. kind of what we do now, but in my young twenties, uh, I had a, a gentleman say, Hey, Jerome, the best way you can get the, the best price on real estate when you're leasing is go into a, an office complex that, that shows promise. It's pretty, you know, a yeah. nice landscaping, nice brick building. Um, but just make sure you can control your own thermostat and you have your own heating and cooling. And, um, and you can typically negotiate with the landlords in that regards because they have a lot of vacancies. Yep. And so um, just from someone pulling me aside, telling me that stuff, I would go in and I look for these big, nice complexes that had a lot of vacancies and a lot of empty space. And I just negotiate leases that were as inexpensive as I could. And they were in very professional, respectful buildings. Sure. And so we, we look, we look like pros and we yeah. weren't, but we look like it, you know? <laughs> so, so, so you, could, so you, so you rent out a space, uh, you negotiated, get an amazing, awesome, like luxury place. And then you start renting out, subleasing out each of these, uh, small desks, which is huge. Awesome. So how long until you actually started cash flowing from these? Um, so we would, we would typically, I would cash flow almost overnight, Brandon. So the way we I would do it. this is I would be, I, let's say I see, I started in Albuquerque and I moved all the way out to Fairfax, Virginia. Right. Okay. So I'd find out who was part of the company out there. And um, one thing that I would do is I'd partner with them and I'd bring in a quote unquote partner to go into this office with. It didn't matter if they were in my distributorship or not. I just wanted to split the expense with somebody. And typically yeah. I would, I would do the legwork and um, we would facilitate leases from abroad. You know, we weren't even there. And, um, and we'd get with brokers and ask them what we're looking for. And then um, I'd have these people that I quote unquote partner with, they'd go in and look at it at the facility and they'd, and we didn't have iPhones back then. We still had like the big brick phones, you know, yeah. or when you had the regular small phones, Satellite phone ones. Was, yeah, the big ones that were, you get an $800 bill at the end of the month. Yeah. Those were, what we still had back in the early nineties. And so the internet wasn't a thing. So we couldn't do like these live ones. We walked around. Um, so they take pictures of them and we didn't have emails and stuff back then. So we Smell did things right. a little differently. Yeah. yeah. So we had to go off of just verbal recommendations and stuff and people's word. And on the flip side of that, they had to go on our word, which yep. sometimes wasn't as good because we weren't credit worthy yep. and um, we were young. Yep. And so it gave us leverage and an opportunity. And so we were able to get into these properties 
um, kind of blowing it out of the water that we were bigger than we were. And we, yeah. all we had to do was come to the table with monthly rent. And, um, and so then we get with our sales teams and I drag people with me and say, Hey, let's come to Virginia. And, um, I take two or three people with me and they say, hey, what's going to cost me? And I said, you know, we do what we used to call an equal house and we all rent an apartment and sleep on floors and no furniture. And, and I charge them five, I'd say, you need to pay desk rent. And I charge them 500 bucks a month. And I already had my nut covered, so yeah. to say from the time we opened doors and then we would leave the other desk empty because we'd start running ads in the newspaper. And so we were running the Washington post back then. And, um, and then we would still fill those desks. We got to work right away and we'd start running mass ads and we'd get people in the room and off employment ads and we'd start filling desks. And that was our goal. That's awesome. So basically that's the very start of how you kind of just shifted into real estate and then you jumped into commercial side as well and construction just kind of went hand in hand. Uh, You started a, a realty company as well. I did. So to kind of take a couple steps back, the way it worked is I didn't even know I was in real estate when we're renting desk, Brandon. Yeah. It was a, more of a survival thing than anything yeah. at that time. But sometimes when you're in survival mode and you're starting out, you learn things that you don't even realize are going to benefit you in the future. So I always tell people when you're young, I say, I look, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you're going through in life because you can, and, and my mom told me this, I was in a bad car accident, real similar to Coles where I had, was with buddies and we were coming back uh, from the lake and we rolled a vehicle. And I remember one of my buddies broke his neck and two of the other buddies were extracted from the truck. And, and I remember uh, going back to school my senior year and, the, and, and I, it was a nice truck and I loved my vehicles because I was always in car shows and they would tell me, uh, you know, that I didn't care about my friends. I just cared about my truck. And um, it hurt me because I, you know, I, my friends were very, at a very bad place and I was at a bad place. And my mom told me, Hey, look, Jerome, you can take the good out of anything or the bad out of anything, but whatever you pick and choose is, is truly up to you. You know, um, you can make good out of bad and there's a God makes everything happen for a reason. Yeah. And so for those people that are looking right now at, at this video and they're watching what we're talking about, understand that, you know, I learned from every, from the, from the smallest things to the biggest things from the really bad ish, the real bad things that we went through and the really hard times to the really good times. And there's been, and in fact, I've learned more from the hard times than I do from the good times because when things are good, you think you know everything and you're not as open-minded to learning. And so those struggling times, we really probably some of the most pinnacle part, parts of my success in my learning time. So not really knowing that I was uh, getting a real estate education when I finally started making stable income in construction, um, I, um, I learned from network marketing to cut out the middleman. In fact, I was talking to my, my friend Randy here earlier um, before we started the live. And uh, one of the questions he was asking me, because we were at a, at a job site, and he said, Jerome, it's cool because you just, you just take their, you, you kind of monopolize everything. You go in, you, you build the house, you come in, and, and then you come in and you start taking business from everybody in that subdivision, and you just own every part of their revenue when they get into that house, and I said, yeah, we just keep it seamless. In network marketing, we were taught to cut out the middlemen, right? Because there's about 75% of middlemen markup. Yeah. So that was my philosophy going into real estate and business. I'm just going to hack out middlemen. And so I hated the brokers. I hated dealing with agents. They were a pain in the ass, very ego-driven. Yeah. So, so for true. those of you agents, oh, man, they drove me crazy. And, yeah. and they still drive me crazy to this day. And um, so those of you guys who are agents or brokers listening to this, humble yourselves. You know, um, I, I was I was saying that the two most egotistical trades in the world are real estate brokers and physicians. 
And I don't know what it is about those two trades. And if you're a physician, I'm sorry if I'm insulting you, but I'm going to lay it on the table and just tell you the way it is. Yeah. You know, physicians seem, I think because of their extraordinary education and the abundance of education they have, they have this knowledge that they feel like they just know everything, right? Mm. And so they carry this with an ego and brokers for some reason, you know, the average broker, Brandon, across the United States, the average income is $15,000 net income a year. You're broker than shit, but you have the biggest ego out of anybody out there. And I don't get it. And they fight with me. So one of the first things I did when I got into real estate is I said, I'm done with brokers. I'm going in. I'm getting my own broker's license. At least I can cut out half of the parties and I can deal with all my own purchasing or all my, all my own personal selling. Yep. And so for over 20 years, we've We've purchased all our own properties and we sold all our own properties with the exception of some big commercial stuff that we've done that we've needed some help uh, on that we've partnered in and all our leasing and property management. We use management companies now, but outside of that, we've cut out that commission and it's helped us out. It's made us uh, millions of dollars. It's kept millions of dollars in house for us. And we've cut out that middleman markup and that 3% has made us a ton of money over the years. But Brandon, I mean, there's, there's a whole story ahead of that. When we got started in construction, those of you guys that are kind of watching this, you know, I think one of the biggest things is figuring out your cash flow, how to make money. Mm. And you can make money in real estate, you know, wholesaling. You can make money in real estate um, flipping. Um, those are full-time businesses, guys. Um, we did it part-time because we had full-time rev um, revenue-generating businesses. Um, they're great businesses for people, young entrepreneurs, people that have time. Um, so if you're a, a professional watching this, and you just don't have time to be out there flipping homes and wholesaling properties. Those are time-consuming endeavors. But if you're young and you don't have a full-time career and you're looking for a full-time career and you need something to make expendable money, understand that there's work involved in wholesaling. There's time involved in wholesaling. Yeah. There's work involved in, in flipping. And there's time involved in flipping. And if you have time and um, you're young and you, and you understand that, then – that's an avenue that you can do full time, but it is a job. You know, it's 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 a great way to generate capital, to create investment capital, to get into real estate. And for those of you guys who that's not your that's not your thing, you don't. It doesn't have to be your thing. Flipping and wholesaling. I can teach you how to go in and create abundance and wealth in in uh, in real estate by just investing. So true. And, I love yeah, that. And that, yeah. And so it's very powerful. Um, so. I do want to talk about learning curves in just a second, but before that, just to give people like a breakdown of who they're listening to right now. I mean, you're, right now you're focusing on land transactions as well, buying land, raw land, building on it, or uh, flipping it as well. And you've also partnered up with Ty. You know, can you explain that experience? Like how the hell you linked up with Ty? And obviously he noticed that uh, you're a shark, you're a go-getter. So it just made sense for for you to be able to give the value back to his whole audience. Yeah, you know, Brandon, it's funny um, when you ask that, you know, if you had asked me if I would have been doing stuff like on Knowledge Society and the real estate mentorship program, my answer would have been, I don't know. You know, my, my wife always tells me that I undervalue my knowledge a lot. And I think we all tend to do that to ourselves. And I think everybody it's been humbling. Does that. I, I feel like yeah. it's something that we all beat ourselves up with, but everybody else around you, if you ever ask them, like, you know, what do you truly feel about me? So many people truly look up to, to the go-getters that are out there. Like everybody naturally beats the shit out of themselves and it's crazy. Yeah. But it, it, it is, we do. And I, I do it to myself. And so I didn't realize how much value and knowledge I had. And, you know, one of the 
questions that people ask me, say, what, what type of real estate um, do you do? And when yep. they ask that, it's such a broad question because I, my answer to that question, Brandon, is I've been involved in any part of real estate that I can generate money in. Yeah. And um, I mean, we've flipped homes, we've wholesaled homes, we've done retail. I own retail strip malls. We have office buildings, yeah. I have multifamily buildings. I've done land. I've done a lot of land. Land has been my friend. Yeah. Um, land's a hard real estate business, an expensive business, but we've made millions in, in developing land. It's been a, I mean, I just, I have a little niche that I think I kind of found on accident years ago. And um, I traveled this country flipping land to, to track home and program builders. And um, I use it for myself and we, we build and, and develop um, custom homes on our own land and we sell to other custom builders. And so uh, we've been in in everything. I mean, we've we've invested in all not everything, but just you you name it. We've done almost everything in real estate. Such a broad field, but yeah. anything that can generate capital in, we've we've done it. Just, I mean, plain and simple. When when somebody asks you that question, what type of real estate you're in? You know, I'm in the money side. I'm in the money game of real estate. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, anything I can make money at that time. We've we've lived the recession. Yep. Um, when you're when you're in real estate for as long as I've been in real estate, and not really as a broker, um, even though I am a broker, uh, but more yep. on the investment side, um, you learn how to diversify. And if you don't learn how to diversify, you better learn how to swim because you're going to drown if you don't. Yeah. And so, so, um, so this year, you're really focusing on diversifying, or was that last year focusing more on diversifying? Now building up that um, mountain. We. We, we try, we're, we're transferring um, capital is what we've been doing. And we're transferring capital for probably about two to three years. So as everybody knows, um, retail kind of died after the recession. Yeah. Uh, mom and pop shops have struggled a lot more. Um, so where we have, um, you know, kind of a medium between national tenants and, uh, and mom and pop shops. Um, our mom and pop shops are now starting to finally lease retail again. But um, with Amazon coming in, our big box stores and stuff are, are not doing as well. Like we have a family dollar that releases from yeah. us. And there's other uh, um, national tenants that we've had and they've struggled over the years, even in the restaurant sector. You know, we, uh, um, you know, like Subway stores and stuff. We were a multi-unit franchise owner of, of Subway and that's how we got into it by them being tenants of ours. And they've struggled. And so retail has struggled. So when retail started struggling, it became um, more to manage tenants we decided to uh, start looking into other other stuff, and multifamily is what um, was really hidden home at that time, and, and still right now. Although it's gone expensive in some areas, there's uh, we've been parking money into multifamily, and uh, the construction industry has been really good. So developing has been really good again. Raw land, uh, which made us a ton of money back in the early 2000s, we're doing that again. I know that that will shift at some point in time here in the near future. So we're not. Uh, we uh, we're anticipating that already, and so we're already set up. You know, we're uh, we, we do a lot more cash purchases. Most of our stuff is debt free in that regards because we just don't want to get leverage like we did last time. But we're servicing debt that is not income producing, and land is not income producing. Brandon, so it scares me to leverage myself like I did before the recession on land. So if we can't buy land cash, we typically don't do it right now because we know what's coming here in the near future, and there is going to be a correction whether people believe it or not. There will be a correction sooner than later. Yeah. Now, so at this point, you're really not leveraging that much. A lot of it is all cash or reserves built up, correct? It is. Yeah. A lot of it is, uh, is our cash reserves. You know, um, it's, it's stuff that we've, yeah, it, a lot of that we've have in uh, retained earnings. Yeah. And, um, 
and stuff that we're continuing to build wealth on. And we do leverage, like our multifamily is all leveraged. You know, our yeah. retail now isn't um, with the exception of one building that we own that has a small note on it, you know, and it's good. We, we clean stuff up and I'll tell you, we got probably a little more conservative, Brandon, after the uh, recession than we probably should have, but it cleaned things up and it, it, it holds my heart at a good place to know that if, the, if another correction comes, I'm sitting at a good place to take yeah. full advantage of it. Yeah. Yep. yep. No, that's awesome. Um, so I do want to talk about learning curves, like I said, but uh, there's so many good nuggets that are coming up. So I'm like, damn, I, let, let's talk about this for a second. Uh, as far as multifamily goes, what does what your portfolio look like currently? And what are you shooting for in the multifamily scene? You know, um, anything between 50 units and 150 units right now is what we're, what we're looking for. And I'll tell you the stuff we bought, we've self-funded the down payments. And so we're going to be bringing, you know, I also know that I'm limited as to how much money I have. And, uh, you know, if you listen to other multifamily guys, there's, you know, doing syndications and yeah. um, bringing in uh, so people with their IRAs. And you're not syndicating at all. You're just bringing your own funds. Yeah, we haven't, we have, we're not partnered on anything right now. Everything that we've done is self-funded. Um, and that's what we've held back. I don't know how you do it. I'm like, damn, this is mind blowing. <laughs> Nobody else does it out there like this. This guy like stands out. This is crazy. Very cool. Yeah. And, no, we have. And it's been, and that's why I think we've, uh, we've slowed ourselves down. So as impressive that might sound, I think we've, we've um, slowed ourselves down in our growth because we've self-funded so much of our stuff. And so now with everything that we're doing in real estate, now that we have courses out and we're teaching it yeah. um, to give people opportunities, um, to come in and do stuff with us. Uh, we're starting to do some syndication stuff now. Um, we are also uh, working with people that have uh, capital. So if you're a professional and um, let's say you own a dentist office or you're an attorney or you're a chiropractor or you're just uh, in, in some type of trade, a plumber, um, you know, if you're a concrete guy and you have money and you've made money in your business, a small business owner, um, or you're just a professional making quarter million dollars a year as a professional yeah um, and you have IRA money you know there's some there's some stuff that we're doing now that we don't even have to do syndications and we can uh, pull your money to IRAs keep it uh, in your IRA and, and fund properties that we're doing through your IRAs where it's tax-free no capital gains and so a lot of stuff like that Brandon that we're, we're, we're starting to work with now and um, it's gonna be really cool because I think it's gonna give a ton of opportunity to a lot of people more so than that it's also gonna help our company grow so it's a win-win situation all the way around it is. Yeah. I mean, it's really awesome. Uh, the security that real estate brings and maybe somebody, like you said, a professional, like I help out some neighbors just from telling them what the hell I do and, and being passionate about it. And they're like, Hey, I got money in my IRA account. Like, can I invest with you? And it creates a win-win situation. So I leverage credit a lot. Yeah. And then as 0% interest for the most part, and then private money and, and it works out. But yeah, a lot of people can yeah. truly learn from that. So yep. let's talk about learning curves. Finally, it's something that a lot of people out there don't like to talk about. Uh, it's not the most popular thing out there on social media, but that's like where you and I and everybody else around us truly, like you mentioned earlier, the, the shitty times is where you really learn the most because yeah. when everything's going right, you might not even notice all the little things in between that like could have went wrong that you definitely won't make that mistake moving forward. But you know, over 20 something years, almost 25 years in the game. Uh, I'm sure you're having less now than previously when first getting started, but anything in the beginning that, that really like smacks the shit out of you that you can remember? 
<laughs> there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I still I was, fi- I was fighting with a broker on the f- uh, yesterday and the title company yesterday. So I think there's there's still stuff to learn. I was leveraging stuff yesterday and making phone calls to try to uh, figure out the right thing to do in a on a purchase that we're doing right now. So <laughs> we're, we're always learning. But I'll tell you that uh, that um, yeah, you know, in every sector I've learned. So when I first got into real estate, Brandon, I did it not as as a guy going and going, I'm going into real estate. I did it more as a means to find stability in my financial future. Yeah. Because I had rolled the roller coaster of business and I had went through some ups and downs in my early twenties where I thought I was creating abundance and wealth and residual income. And then I was, was struck down to nothing. And then we kind of rolled this roller coaster for another couple of years and figuring life out. I said, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm moving into a place in my life where if I want a relationship, I want kids, I want wife, I want a family. Um, I need to create some stability in my life because what kind of good woman is going to be with a loser that has no stability in his life. Right. And so, and this would resonate in the back of my mind. I would think, okay, I got to find some stability. So when I started doing well enough that I had expendable income and it's a little bit of capital, not a lot of capital, but a little bit of capital, I, I go, you know, let's, let me purchase a rental home. And to yeah. me, just like most people that has seemed to make the most sense. And so I purchased one, one single rental home and I purchased it. And I purchased a second one, a few, about six to nine months later and in the interim of that, I purchased my own home and I did it with bad credit. So I had to go in with large down payments to fix my credit. But I felt good about it. I felt warm and fuzzy inside because I felt like I had an asset. And truly, that's the way I looked at it was, okay, if everybody, if all shit around me fell apart, at least I have this asset, right? At least I got and this so, thing, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I, and I got some rental income and I was a worker. And I mean, I worked, I made it even in network marketing selling and pounding doors to sell water filters when I, when I needed to, and I needed money for gas to go to a conference or whatever it was. Um, I knew I could bust my tail to, to lease that place. Cause I would have leased that place through thick and thin, no matter what was going on. So I knew that if I had a piece of real estate, I could make some money. And so I felt good about that, but I hated the residential uh, rental sector. Um, just, I was getting calls in the middle of the night. Um, we had utility lines come down from trees that came down during storms and um, just the, you name it. We had problems with all this stuff. And I thought, man, I just, I, I, I don't <laughs> want to do this. I, wanna, I, I started collecting. I had three of them by that time and I hated them. And I said, I'm selling them. And at that point in time, I was in my home and I was running my business out of my home and my neighbors hated me and they were, they were complaining to the uh, municipality that we, that we lived in. And so they took me to court to get me my business kicked out of there. So I knew I was going to lose that fight. And uh, so I knew it was just a matter of time. I leveraged as long as I could. But during that time, I started selling off those residential homes and I said, I'm going to buy a commercial property. I didn't know if it was going to be retail. I didn't know what it was. And we started um, driving properties. And the same concept that I learned in network marketing I took that and applied it. I said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a building. I'm going to take a small section of it. I'm going to store all my equipment in whatever commercial building I have. I'm going to lease it, the rest of it. And I'm going to have my tenants pay for that building for me. Common sense, right? And so I did that. And um, I remember my dad asking me, he goes, well, what if you don't rent it? What are you going to do then? I, and, and I just kind of looked at him like, what do you mean if I don't rent it? I mean, that wasn't <laughs> even an option in my brain. Yeah, that's you know? not a choice. Like it's going to get rented. I was in my... Brandon, bro, I was in my 20s. I was invincible at that time. Yeah. You can't tell a 20-year-old that has the whole world in front of them. You're not going to do something, right? I love um, it. I knew better. So uh, 
So yeah, no, we leased it and, um, and I did it again and I did it again. And in fact, uh, after the third building, I said, okay, I'm going to build me some new ones. Oh, yeah. And this is where my biggest learning curve came in. So I started building brand new retail centers. I started buying raw land and, and, and understand that in this interim of stuff, I was running companies. I was expanding my companies as well. And so this wasn't happening overnight. We're talking a series of years that's going by here. And so I was now starting to develop land on the side and I was starting to build uh, residential spec homes and I was trying to start to flip land in Las Vegas and in Phoenix and, and in other areas as well, buying little parcels, splitting them in half and subdividing and, and selling them off to other builders. And I was doing it in a real small quantity and just building it um, lot by lot, land uh, piece by piece. And then I was doing my retail center. So we were leveraging ourselves in different areas and, and we were literally taking every single piece of income that we made. And I'll tell you the funniest thing is I lived in this little mobile home trailer before I bought my houses. And people say, how, do you, how did you make it? And I said, I just, I lived in this little trailer. It was a little mobile home. And it, I'll tell you, if you drove through that trailer park now, well, it's not there any and now because they, they tore it down. And, but there was people literally living in tents, Brandon. And uh -huh. I lived in this little trailer. My rent was like 165 cents, $165 a month. And, um, and I was driving a, a brand new Infinity. They probably thought I was a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah they did. They did. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I was just, it was because my credit was jacked up and I was just storing cash and storing cash and storing cash. And what I'm getting from that is I just lived humble. And, um, and so we just lived and tore it down so humbly. And we just tore our lifestyle down to such a minimal amount. When we landed up getting a house, we lived in that home for 18 years. And I created a lifestyle where I could literally live for off of $4,000 a month in personal expenses. That included my health insurance. That included, uh, you know, everything that I did from my mortgage, my, um, my food, everything. I created a lifestyle where I could literally live off of $4,000 a month. Even when we had hit millionaire status and we had made millions of dollars, we could live off of $4,000 a month. And yeah. uh, we stayed like that and we lived like that for over 18 years. And so everything else that we made each month, 100% of it went into real estate and we would just revolve it. We wouldn't even touch the money. But when the recession hit and we had all this diversification, all shit hit the fan and we were servicing debt because we started leveraging our, our, our commercial properties and we were leveraging stuff in lieu of, of that stuff, leasing and selling and reselling yeah. and releasing to national tenants. So when all that stuff just hit, we landed up serving big numbers, six figures and monthly uh, payments in debt and it, it was just temperature taking and so wow. we learned a lot during that time it took us five years to clean up i can't go through all the educational um nuggets that i learned over that time but i'll yeah. tell you that it was a uh, was temperature taking and a lot came out of that education wise no i believe it i mean i'm still currently doing my own um property management virtually and it's been a blessing so far but i mean i i spoke at a local ria group uh earlier this week and the topic was actually going over all these learning curves. I've had a shotgun to my head from a, from a crazy tenant that I don't know how the hell I got in there. Um, that was I all drugged it. up and got homemade bomb, like a bunch of crazy things that you naturally aren't like, they don't prepare you for this shit in, in a book <laughs> or, no. uh, you know, it, it's, it's that second half of the learning curve of like, Hey, you got to get out there. You got to experience this stuff. And, um, and figuring out what to do next, having, having guidance and good people around you obviously helps out tremendously, but without that stuff, it's like, dude, you just got to get out there and do it. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You, you do. And, and I like, like everybody says, you know, it's taking that first step, but it's, but it's taking that first step with some knowledge, Brandon. And um, I think most people, you know, they, they, they just don't have the knowledge. So they're scared. And um, yeah, the fear. You know, and that, and that, yeah. That, that fear factor is, is huge in most people. And, and this is the real deal. You know, I mean, we're taking people's money, their, their expendable money, they're hopeful to retire with someday or invest and capitalize on. And, yeah. um, and that's why we, we started doing a little bit of this. You know, when I got into this space, I didn't know I was going to start teaching on real estate. I thought I was, I was just going to teach on business and, uh, and sales. Yeah. Um, I felt like that's where my biggest knowledge base was. And I'll tell you that every time I talked about real estate online, people started reaching out to me and, and a little star went off and I said, man, people need this. You know, they, uh, exactly. they're scared. Yeah. There's a lot of bullshit out there and, um, and people are making money selling their bullshit and, and there's some good in that bullshit. You know, I'm not going to discredit 100% of it. You know, there's definitely knowledge in there. I just don't think that people really lay it on the table for people that are watching and they'd rather sell something than really give them the truth. And, and I'm about that, man. I want to sell you something and I want, I want to sell you good, good content, good programs that you can learn from. But I don't want to sell you bullshit that's not real, you know. And if you, if you want to buy the fluff, I'm not the person to, to be talking to. If you want me to, you know pat you on the back and, you know, and, uh, and sugarcoat and, and throw rose petals in front of you and show you this rosy road. Uh, that's not me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that stuff, Brandon. I want to, I want to just let people know, you know, yes, it's feasible, but man, there's work involved in this stuff, you know, and, and there's going to be some days there's better temperature taking. You're going to have some learning curves and be some ups. There's going to be some downs, but we'll teach you how to make your wins outweigh your losses for sure. And, uh, we'll minimize those losses and, um, hopefully, put you in a road that doesn't give you any losses at all. If you listen, yeah. you pay attention. And, no, I, um, I, I think it's, it's so crucial exactly what you're saying here, because there is a lot of fluff out there. There's a lot of BS. There's so many people that are teaching it and kind of bringing this stuff together. And I'm a very results driven type of person. So as long as there's results behind it and people like a lot of people out there are doing the whole numbers game, like, Hey, get this in front of a, a a million people. And then if we get a couple of successful people out of it, then cool, you know, leave it up to them to either put it together or, or not, you know, and yep. I just don't believe in that method. I think that there should be real results and you're helping out more people than not hopefully, but the fulfillment yeah. that it actually brings is tremendous. It is. And you know, and one of the big things, if, if we make money doing it, branding, awesome, but this isn't where our, our capital is coming from. This isn't where our wealth is coming from. And I think it's important people understand that. Yep. That a lot of people that are that are doing this stuff, that's where their money comes in from, their primary source of income. And, and it's not. Our wealth is created. You know, if we never worked a day in our life again, Brandon, we'd have a very good life. And, um, you know, and we, we'd live well, better than 99.9% .9 of people out there in the world. But I'll tell you that that's not where our goals lie. And um, in the game of business, and the game of real estate, it's a fun, it's a fun game. Um, I don't want to kill myself doing it. Um, so that's why we're taking some step back in, uh, in our traditional businesses, but the investment side of it, man, it's, it's, it's a, it's an incredible, incredible life to live in it. I think if we can drag some people along with us that can get successful doing it, oh, yeah. uh, we've taught you know, well, how much more rewarding can that be, you know, but we need to do it the right way and we need to teach them um, the truth behind it. And uh, I, I lay it on the table for people. There's going to be some work involved. And if you don't want to work, don't work with us because I don't want to work with you because you're going to be a lot of high, you're going to be some high maintenance stuff going on. And, and I'm not the guy I, I might, I, I tell people I'm not a doctor. I don't need patients in life. <laughs> uh, my patients are about that long. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I have a, I have a short, short, short span for, for patients. 
And uh, so I want people to understand that if you want to learn, we're going to teach you the real way, but um, there's work involved in it. And, um, and my patients are thin in regards to my patients are, are, are not thin when it comes to people that are, that are really learning. They're trying, I'll give you everything I got, but for yeah. people that are trying to push to do things incorrectly and um, they're not listening, I have no patience for that stuff. And Brandon, I'm not a physician. I'm a real estate guy. I'm in business. Right. I'm in construction. You know, I don't need patients. Yeah. I, need, <laughs> I don't need patients. I need students. Yeah. I need students. <laughs> I need people that are action takers. I love that. I do. I need, I need some action takers. You and me are too damn similar. <laughs> Jennifer's in the back probably just like laughing her face off thinking, you know, <laughs> the, the whole patience thing. And I really do appreciate uh, the bluntness because not enough people are so surreal and like straight to the point, you know, time is our biggest asset. And when you're BSing and being around the bush, it's like, dude, get to the point. You know, I love that. So I really do appreciate that. At this point, you know, we were just talking about fear for, for a moment. And that's why a lot of people are overcomplicating things and making real estate harder than it needs to be. But, but the lack of education really brings up that fear. What do you think has helped you either just naturally, uh, there's obviously a lot of mindset, like your mother speaking to you at a, at a young age and really um, just bringing that confidence out of you. I, I love that. There, there's so much power behind you know, how you're raised and your mindset behind it. But um, me personally, I, I think faith and, you know, getting educated will help remove that fear. So I'm just curious, you know, do you have any feedback that could help the listeners try to overcome the fear factor? I feel like the first three yeah. are over, are usually, you know, your first three deals can be a little bit overwhelming and be like, oh shit, you know, but um, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you, Brandon, fear is a good thing. Um, don't, you know, people try to feel like, okay, this isn't right for me because I'm scared. And, um, if you're not a little bit scared, um, you know, you don't want to be overabundantly scared, obviously, you know? And so, but being a little bit scared will keep you affluent, you know, it'll keep you affluent financially and afloat financially. And you'll, you want to, you want to be a little bit scared because what that fear does is it allows you to go in and do your homework, hopefully, um, and not overanalyze things either. But um, a little bit of fear is good because it keeps it wakes you up in the morning. And I was hoping you want to be someplace, you know, between comfortable and uncomfortable. You don't want to be down here a little bit, you know, because if you're over comfortable, then either you're not making too much or you're putting yourself in a position where you might be making. That's what happened before the recession to all of us. We were way too comfortable and way too confident. Yep. And then we landed up exposed yeah. in all, in all yeah. sense of the Oh my God, every, in every way you can think. So fear is good. You know, and I, I think uh, one of the biggest ways to overcome fear is know that you're normal. Um, everybody has it. I still get scared on every single deal. I want the numbers to work out. Um, I always tell people numbers don't lie. Um, so to overcome my fear, the best way to overcome fear in real estate is to know your numbers and to take the time to understand your comps in an area, understand the sector that you're buying in. And I'll tell you that that alone right there should alleviate your fear. If you're scared and you haven't alleviated your fears, probably because you haven't done enough homework and you still don't know um, your numbers. So when I go into a new market, I go in with fear all the time. And, and it's more like an anxious fear because yeah. I know the recipe to what I need to do, Brandon, but it's just a matter of time for me to figure it out. So once I unfold the, what I need and I have it, it's like a ton of bricks are off my shoulders. I go, oh, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Those are the numbers I needed. And the numbers I'm talking about 
are the com- the comparables, the comps in that area with whatever sector I'm doing. I, and I typically, when I'm buying commercial, when I'm buying residential, it doesn't matter. I want to know what the retail numbers are. I want to know what the vacancy rates are. I want to know what, um, what, what the comps on the houses are within a, a range of square footage, you know, typically within a 300 square foot, bigger or smaller below it. And um, I want to know what um, what the variables were in the skewed, in the, the skewed portions of the market are. Why did this one sell for so much less? Why did this one sell for so much more? Yep. I want to look at those photos. I want to know, was that house renovated? Was this house a piece of shit? What, what's the difference between these properties? Why? You know, and, and I'll look at that and I'll look at um, numerous properties and I'll compare it and then I'll sit back and go, okay, this one's way lower and this is why and I'll know then. And so that alone relieves so much of my fear. And once I know that and I know my numbers, numbers never, ever lie. Yep. Just make sure you do your homework, make sure you do your numbers and just make sure you know in, in one and make sure you, you do them broadly so that you know all the parameters around you and real estate's not a hard game to do. Yeah. I, I think adding on top of that too, I would just highly recommend not to over complicate it or over over analyze it because yes. me yeah, in the beginning, yeah. I was actually <laughs> I, I was so scared that I was gonna screw up that I, I got to the point I was writing myself out of the deals by uh, really just over analyzing the expenses, you know, rounding up on everything like way too much. And then I'm just like writing myself out of the deals every time. So, you know, really identifying what the numbers are and maybe even, you know, taking somebody like yourself out to, out to coffee and being able to, you know, maybe a little bit fancier of a dinner for you. Your, your, your time is a lot more valuable, <laughs> but uh, uh but anybody can take me out for coffee. I'll, <laughs> I'll take but, uh, coffee. I'll take yeah, coffee. I like coffee, right? Um, yeah, basically, yeah, just really identifying what the numbers look like and not overanalyzing it. So you do keep yourself in the game. You get truly down to the down to the wire and um, and submit those offers. Like until you're submitting offers, you're never going to get a damn yeah. deal. So make sure you're yeah, getting you- offers out there. Yeah, you could always say no, you know, it's yeah. a deal's not, you could always kill a deal if you did something wrong, you know, so it's, you know, just do your due diligence, but don't overanalyze that's so super, 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 super important. And then, like you said, Brandon, faith is a big part, man. I'll tell you, faith got me through the, the recession. Yeah. Uh, faith got me figuring out the network marketing deal. And it sometimes it takes you hitting almost rock bottom, bottom to before you sit down. And I remember pleading with God and going, God, gosh, you know, I've done everything, Lord. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to do everything right. And I mean, give me a bone. And I've had that set, that conversation. I said, just give me a bone, please. And something internally shifts in you. And you said, you know what? I'm done. I'm fed up with being broke. I'm fed up with uh, not taking action. I'm fed up with, with everybody around me doing something. And I feel like I'm not doing anything. It's time. And uh, you have to have faith with action. But um, you drive on faith and you have and you put some action behind it. God will never let you falter. I, everybody on this call, I think you should remind themselves how many meals they've missed over the last, uh, you know, go back to whatever age you are and whether you're 20 years old or 60 years old or whatever you are. Uh, I want you to think back as to how many meals you've really missed in your life. Yeah. And if the answer is zero, um, you know. Lest you uh, just, are. <laughs> yeah, just understand that. <laughs> this isn't going to kill you. You're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss a night's sleep over it. And you're not going to miss a meal over it. Yep. Um, just get started. You know, we live in a good country. We live in the, uh, you know, we have, o- we have overweight homeless people on the side of our streets, you know? Outrageous. So, you know yeah. We're the, we're the, you know, our broke people are wealthier than, uh, than the wealthy people in some other third world country. So understand we're, 
we're a very wealthy country and, um, yes. no, you know, you're going to do well regardless. So just uh, take that leap, have some faith and uh, do your numbers. And, and I promise you get your education behind you and you learn how to do that stuff. Um, you're going to be abundant in what you're doing in real estate for sure. Yeah. And that in return will, you know, lead to that generational wealth that you guys are all looking for. And, uh, and that's just, yeah, I think it's awesome. So how can, yeah. how can people out there actually get a hold of you? So you guys can uh, reach out to us on social media, all platforms. We're everywhere. Um, if you go to, uh, uh, to uh, Facebook, just look up Jerome Maldonado with a J, J-E-R-O-M-E, Maldonado, M-A-L-D-O-N-A-D-O. And um, you can go to our public figure page um, and, uh, and you can find us on Instagram at Jerome Maldonado and the number one and um, follow us on Instagram. And um, you can just uh, uh, go to our website at JeromeMaldonado.com and it'll pull us up. Um, we have our courses, the Elite Real Estate Society. That's, that's me and my team and uh, my colleagues and professional colleagues that I'm putting in front of you uh, to help expand our real estate knowledge. And so if you guys uh, just, just Google my name, we're, we're, we're everywhere. I love it. Jerome, I appreciate you so much, brother. You got nothing but knowledge. And, uh, and I mean, I, I can just imagine all the breakthroughs that you've already helped out with all the people out there and people that are listening on this one. So uh, I really do appreciate you giving up your time to be able to give back to the listeners. Um, is there anything that the listeners can do to give back to you? You know what? Um, I, I think just getting out there and getting started is enough for me. I, I don't, I'm not looking for anything from anybody. You know, I, um, I, I've never been one to ask. Um, I think the biggest thing is um, there's, I feel like I, I, there's so much more I could offer them and I feel like I've missed out on giving them some of the stuff that I feel like I could give them. Um, there's stories that just keep resonating through my mind and keep going, yeah. wow, I wish I would have had them, given them this and that and showed them how we compounded this stuff and how we just went from this little tiny $30,000 investment to millions and millions of dollars. And I can't give that to everybody on here. So uh, more so than asking from them, I think uh, is do yourself a favor. What I'd ask from you is do yourself a favor and, um, and allow someone like myself or someone like Brandon to, uh, to assist you. You know, I'm, I'm here for you guys. Um, look us up and whatever me and my team can do to help you guys out. Um, I'd love to do so. You know, make, make it a point to reach out to us and any type of knowledge I can give you guys will save you guys from failing. Um, I'm here for you. I appreciate that. That's great. Great uh, words of advice for the last final. Um, if you guys ever want to reach out to me, you can do so on BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Otherwise, uh, Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments, and then Facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott, R-E-I. With that being said, we have a new episode out every single Monday. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, um, specifically on iTunes. If, if not, you can check it out. Just search uh, Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast on any platform. But uh, iTunes has their own special algorithm that if you hit that subscribe button, make sure you leave a review. Uh, it pushes it out there to more people. So we definitely appreciate that. And uh, yeah, till next time. Appreciate you guys all so much for tuning in. Jerome, appreciate you, brother. You're the man. Thank you, Brandon. You're the man. Appreciate you having me. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. 